0: This episode of the Golf Gaming Podcast on the Sports Gaming Podcast Network is presented to you by Underdog Fantasy. Play underdogs, pick them for a chance to win 100 times your money with promo code SGPN at underdogfantasy.com for 100% deposit match. Plus, we're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for pilots, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making some out of bets today. And we also got a NASCAR gambling podcast, and they're going to do a free Daytona 500 contest for a chance to win a hundred dollars in cash and a hundred dollars in SGPN gift card at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Daytona. All right, DJs, welcome back. It's your boy Boston Capper with the God of Golf himself, Steve Shermer. We're coming off a, a rough Super Bowl, uh, but we have a very special guest. To hopefully. Put us on some winners this week, Mister Joe Idoning. Joe, how you doing, buddy?
1: Good. What's up, fellas? Good to be back in the saddle with you guys. Um, yeah, sorry to hear about the Super Bowl weekend. wasn't great for you guys, but hopefully we'll get things we'll get things rolling. We'll get some picks out there. We'll we'll build some lineups and we'll crush the uh, crush the Genesis. Right?
0: Yeah, I like it. We we've been close. We almost had back to back live winners. I've Steve's had at least two seconds. I had Burns who completely fucked me on seven through nine last week. Yeah. So it's, it's been close. Like it's right there. Like I know it's, I know it's cup.
2: Yeah. Right there, I, yeah. I've, I've had to update my uh, personal golf pain rankings uh, twice this, this year, almost had to add a third with Pebble beach when God canceled the tournament. when I had Ludwig, uh, but didn't <laughs> quite beat out what happened at the Sanderson after Matthews got two TIO reliefs to beat me there. But uh, before we get to the golf and everything, uh, why don't we talk about our own golf game? Joe, congratulations on your recent hole in one. Very good. Uh, why don't you tell the audience, uh, give us a rundown, how it happened.
1: Yeah, so uh, I didn't see it go in. It was, a, uh, it was a long par three. It was in a club tournament that I was playing in. Really, the story, I think, starts on the hole before as I was in the side of a bush and backhanded one. <laughs> Because I couldn't get in there because I'm right handed. So my only option was to either just pick up and concede the hole or try to like flick a nine iron out of the side of the bush. It was like a foot in the air. <laughs> Got it to the fringe, hold like a 45 foot putt for Bogey to like win some money on that hole. And everyone is like, this is your day, man. Like that doesn't happen. <laughs> Next shot, hole in one, first ever one that I've had. Didn't see a drop, sort of pulled up to the green. I didn't really believe that it went in. Right. I knew it was pretty good. But, I, you know, me, I'm, I'm like looking around the back of the green on the cart path, like kind of searching <laughs> for a ball and then check the cup. There it was in the hole, baby. Yep. There you go.
2: I mean, it's almost like everyone wants to bag on Michael Block when he was playing like, you know, hey, did it go in, go in. But listen, I mean, like your experience in a whole other. that was my experience. Too. I'm like, no, you guys are just shitting me at this point. I'm looking in the bunker. I'm looking in the rough and everything like that. And nope. It's just right at the bottom of the hole there. So, congratulations to you, sir. Thanks, uh, how, what was your bar bill after the round? After when you had to
1: buy. From uh, the you board? know, we racked up a couple hundred bucks. The guys didn't. Oh, the yeah, guys didn't cool. hit me too bad. And then I actually found out that the place I was playing has like a pool, right, where they bill like five bucks to every person a year. So the 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 course covers the first $250 of your tab when you make a hole-in-one. Oh, sweet. Which I thought was awesome. I'm like, this is fantastic. I found out after I was like 150 bucks in. And uh, yeah, the boys didn't take it too bad on me. It was like a Saturday morning. People had plans. They were getting stuff together for the Super Bowl. Um, So yeah, it wasn't too bad. Good shit.
0: Yeah, I have not ever had a hole-in-one, so fuck you both. That's no. all right. It's, your, your time is coming, sir. No, it's your not. is coming. Part three is my, my enemy. That is, uh, no, it's never going to happen for you, boy. All right. We'll see I what promise. happens there. Well, all right. Well, let's transition
2: back to uh, professional golf. And there's been a lot of complaining, I think, about Phoenix this week. Obviously, you had the fan chatter, you had uh, the weather delays, you had ratings down 35%, but Joe, you're a really positive guy. So I don't want to really get you to negative town here. I I know my co-host loves going to negative town. So I'm gonna make him get him out of his comfort zone
0: here. That's not fucking fair. I love being positive. There's just lots of shit to be negative about. And (laughs) (laughs) that's going on a t-shirt, but Joe. (laughs) Why
2: why don't you say what was one thing you liked about Phoenix this week?
1: Okay. So I love Phoenix. I think this event should not change. I think they should embrace it. I think the players need to change. And if that means that Zach Johnson and Billy Horschel don't play next year, I don't care. I would like to see them. I think a lot of the events on the PGA tour are 156 players or whatever we get to is, is too many guys. So when we get to this yep. point where one little one hour frost delay is going to throw off the entire tournament, um, there's a problem. So I think that if we can like narrow down the list of total players and get these guys out, like if you don't want, if, if your interests are purely on yourself, it's got to stop. It's destroying the game. It's got to be what's at some point. What's also best for the product. What's also best for the PGA tour as a whole. What's also best for the fans. What's best for everyone is that, um, suck it up and like hit the golf shot. And I understand that there, there one shot could be the difference in hundreds of thousands of dollars for these guys. But, um, Every other sport, the players seem to deal with it without too many complaints, like a guy's lining up to try to hit a free throw. People are screaming at him. People are going nuts all football game. And I get that that's not the common scenario that these golfers play in. But if you're going to show up to this event, which is a huge money driver for the PGA Tour and the best attended event of the entire year, deal with it. You know what you're getting into. I don't want to hear your complaints. If you do want to complain, don't clap back at the fans. Don't get caught on someone's cell phone camera looking like a pretentious asshole. Like, Go to tour officials afterwards. Make your point across, but don't do it there where you're going to look like an asshole.
0: Uh, Joe, I mean, that is almost perfectly said. They know exactly what the fuck they're signing up for when they go to waste management. And of all people, Zach Johnson you know what you should have concentrated on? Less people heckling you and putting together a better Ryder Cup team. How about that? If you had done that, you wouldn't have got heckled by a bunch of drunk assholes. Like, that's that's the bottom line. Listen, you're mad at yourself. Look yourself in the mirror like Stuart Smalley and realize that people don't like you and you suck at your job, Zach Johnson. Uh, but so I, I, my buddy was talking to me about this and. He was like, oh, we got to change it. Like they got to cut off the alcohol. And I was like, you'll lose the tournament. It's going to be any other nondescript John Deere. Like the whole reason they go there is because it's a fucking, it's the animal house. And I mean, how many, be- how much beer sales do they have over the weekend? It was like fucking $4 million in fucking beer sales or something fucking ridiculous. Yeah. It is a money grab that's never changing. Like and what really got it was this weather delay. I mean, you had a bunch of pe- bunch of people sitting around for a couple hours with nothing to do. Yeah. And they didn't turn off the beer. They so got shit faced and that's what happens. But yeah, they should not change it. Players need to change and, and realize what they're going into. And you unfortunately, Joe, I don't think golfers of all fucking ath- athletes, air quote, will change to care more about their sport than themselves. Because it's such a solo sport um, yeah. that it, it just goes against their DNA to give a shit about anybody else, especially the fucking fans, us us peasants who watch. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I I they've been I've been seeing like proposals of how they're going to change it. Like only do tickets for 16 and like other tickets somewhere else or limiting beer sales. It just, the horse is out of the barn at this point. Look, I mean, like I, I tend to fall on the side that I think some of these guys who come to these tournaments are just complete assholes. And I hate some of the things they say, but the Phoenix open, while I think it's kind of morphed from these fans used to be kind of smart about when to do all the rowdy stuff and when kind of shut up it has gotten to a little bit of a point of like, all right, I just want to be kind of on social media with some of this stuff, like jump in the bunkers or like that. Like, come on. But it is what it is at this point. This is the identity of the tournament. There's nothing really a whole lot you do. If you want to limit beer sales, fine, whatever. But like, I think you're right. I think it's really on the onus of the players to just man up at this point and understand that this is just part of the deal. This is the tournament. It's one time a year. Yep. And listen, like in every tournament, it seems like someone's talking in a backswing or a cell phone goes off. Like, you know, I mean, at least at Phoenix, it's kind of like a constant buzzing that you're just getting yeah. used to at this point. And yeah, I mean, it's no surprise that guys like Zach Johnson and Billy Horschel, who complain <laughs> about literally everything on earth, those humorless
0: pricks are. is what they are. Humorless pricks. Like, yeah, and listen, sure. Billy Ho does a shit ton for around my area with like food banks and stuff like that. So charitable guy, still a humorless yeah. prick. Like, like he's just he takes himself way too fucking seriously.
2: Yeah, yeah, he does. I mean, it's it, it's a shame that that kind of distracted from a really good finish between yeah. you know Charlie Hoffman, who big long shot, one of the mules, and Nick Taylor, who suddenly is one of the superstars in the PGA Tour the last uh, year or so. <laughs> uh, I want to transition to this. I mean, this has been kind of a rough start, I think, to the year of the PGA Tour as far as like winners going, like you know, not a lot of star power. Um, and maybe this is a transition to Riviera right now. Now we get a tournament where, you know, there's, you know, it's fairly difficult. Uh, there's a lot of history behind it. And usually the cream rises to the top. We're not going to have any weather issues. Uh, it seems like in this one, unless that uh giant atmospheric river shows up a day early, Joe, do you think that maybe we're going to see a stop to this ever, never ending parade of hundred to one plus winners this week? Or uh, do you think maybe that trend is going to continue? And if you do, I mean, do you, Maybe have a reason why you think some of these long shots just continue hitting over and over.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to end. I think we're going to get a big name winner. But I've said that. I right. said that at the Amex when the field yep. strength was incredible. I certainly said that at the Farmers that the cream is going to rise to the top and this thing is over. And it just keeps continuing on. I don't know necessarily. I don't know if it's a problem, but if it is, and it might be. For like viewership numbers and things like you know this this people that invested twelve billion dollars in the PGA Tour, right? They they doubled the valuation from that summer. Do they want to see? Can, we, can, we can chat about that, Joe. Nick we can, we can Taylor chat about winning, that like, event. do they want even Wyndham Clark winning an event? Like, there's no way that that's in their bet. That's no way that that's what's best for the sport. Um, but I think it is also what is attractive to me in many ways about golf betting from the start. I think water eventually finds its level. It's been six consecutive weeks now of over a hundred to one. You have the best players on a golf course. That is a difficult examination and should correlate well with the skill sets that the best players possess. They can hit their long irons the best. They're going to gain strokes off the tee. They have the elite distance that separates them from the bottom half of the field, particularly this week. And those should all be things that are rewarded. Now, are there some guys a hundred to one and above that I can see potentially winning this thing? Yeah, there's a path to it, especially when the top guys that are up there, um, there's question marks that could be raised about Every one of them, none of them are in this mode that John Rom was at a year ago, where he won four events and he was, you know, priced five to one to win golf tournaments. I don't think any of them are playing at that caliber right now. And they all have a bona fide weakness that has been exploited by these players who are lesser name guys who are taking advantage of an opportunity when it's granted to them. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I I, I think I agree. I think. I, I think it's going to end this week. And I've been saying that for the last call. I said it at Torrey. Mm-hmm. I said it at Phoenix. And it didn't happen. But I think now we're going to go to a golf course that really is going to separate the men from the boys. These greens are really tricky. They're, it's the primary defense of this golf course. And you know a lot of these top guys have played it over and over and over, and they know how to navigate it. And um, I think based on the weather conditions that this forecast is going to be right now, and what certain skill set that's going to lend to. I I think it's going to I I think probably I can probably cut off probably like 50 guys at least, 55 and then it's going to be basically top of the board. There's only
0: 70 guys in the field.
2: Well, that's another thing by the way. I so
1: <laughs> last last year
2: and I got this wrong in the preview. Last year they said this was going to be 80 with top 50 in ties. There's only 70 to one, 71 70. guys. Yeah. yeah. So and, and it's not even just top 15 ties make the cut, it's within 10 of the lead. I actually went back and looked in 2019, 68 guys were within 10 of the lead after the second round. So only three guys would actually miss the cut. So what's the fucking point of this thing?
1: Was there only 70 guys that year as well? No,
2: no, and I understand like that's a little bit different, but like like Yeah, maybe 10 guys missed the cut, right? Maybe, right? Like yeah, maybe. you're not like yeah. what's the point? Like if we're gonna get to the end of Friday and like 16 guys missed the cut? Yeah, like, come on, this is really stupid.
1: And if you're 11 back, you're not winning anyway. So, like,
2: no, who cares? So, I yeah. don't know. That's that's just yeah. uh, they want they want that paycheck. That's what they there. want. They want you that see, guaranteed money, right? You see, I went to negative town. All right, 14 minutes that. that's on the clock there. Uh, the <laughs> minutes, minutes, so. All right, why don't we take our first break, and then let's start breaking down the top of the board here.
0: All right. So, listen, we got to talk to you guys, like I said, about the Daytona 500 contest. Rev up those engines because NASCAR is back. Check out the NASCAR Gambling Podcast with Rod and Cody. Have you covered for all things NASCAR and racing from trucks to cup, Indy to F1. This show gives you the drivers to watch and the most profitable picks for the weekend and racing. Enter their free Daytona 500 contest for our chance to win a $100 SGP and gift card and a 100 bucks in cash. Go to sportsgamingpodcast.com slash Daytona. That's sportsgamingpodcast.com slash Daytona. And Underdog Fantasy, they got a way to play alongside all your favorite fantasy plays all season long. NBA, NHL, college basketball still going on. Golf too. So simply higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats to cash in, and you can win 100 times your money with some of the spicy plays. Uh, so watch along, make your picks, and make a little cash over to Underdog's mobile app or Website, underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up with promo code GOLF SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to 100 bucks. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code GOLF SGPN. Okay. Uh, well, uh, before we jump into the Jenna's, I, I, Joe's, Joe's one of the most open minded guys about live. Uh, and I've paid more attention to it the last two weeks. What have you thought about the last two weeks uh, about live? First of all, Steve hates that golf course that they played. I love it just for the plane that crashed for the FBI uh, following Tony Spalaccio around. I will play that course in my lifetime and get a picture next to it. Yeah, li- literally the um, lo- <laughs> what, what literally do you one of the
2: worst golf courses I've <laughs> charted ever. Just, there's nothing to it, and it kind of showed on the telecast too. But
0: The plane um, makes up for it, Steve. The plane makes up for it. So what do you think? What do you think is going on with with live? You think it's gaining any more traction?
1: I don't I look. I think it's all about if it, if you're judging traction from Nielsen ratings or TV viewers. No, it's not how to judge this. It's not. I no. think it, the the product is getting incrementally better. I, agree. I think the coverage is getting better. Um, I enjoy a number of elements about the coverage I've come around to really, and I know some people don't, but I actually like the leaderboard. Um, yeah. Some of the statistics that they show, I think are great. And some of them are so like, bad. what does this mean? Putts per, putts per hole. Yeah. Like how is that predicted before every guy puts, they're showing you how many putts per hole he's had today and where that ranks. Like, it's all it's obviously all dependent on how close the guy is it so some of the stuff is really bad um i think that they're i want to see him come back man i'm i'm all for and i'm I like the the players on the pga tour are really starting to bother me they have this sense that they run the pga tour and i don't Feel like that is great for the PJ Tour, and I definitely don't feel like that's great for us as the fans or the growth of the sport. They're in. Con- there's no official. There is officials, but they're in control of their own rules. If Rory McIlroy comes this weekend and says, "Hey, my ball is plugged a, a knuckle deep in this Kakuya here," you think this guy's gonna challenge him on that? This uh-huh. rules official? They're gonna let the they yeah. they're their own refs. They want to control who can and can't play in the tournament. They want to control kicking fans out or kicking fans in in the environment that they play in. And them now coming out and saying that these guys need to be penalized coming back in, I understand their position and I would feel the same way. But in my opinion, it shouldn't be up to them. It should be up to these people who invested $12 billion to put the best product out there and what's best for the fans and what's best for... TV ratings. And what's best for everything in the sport is that you let these guys play together more than four times a year. And if Rom wants to show up to the Amex and it doesn't have a live event that week, you give them a sponsor's invite. Yeah, I said this, if Brooks wants, Brooks always played the Honda. That's my hometown event. If yeah. in two weeks, if Brooks wants to play the Cognizant Classic or whatever it is, and they say, look, you live five <laughs> miles down the road, you played it eight straight years we want to give you a sponsor's invite. Let him play. Like They're just trying to control so much about the sport and the game. And it's unlike any other sport that I know where you watch the football players on the field last night and they are guys that are in control of nothing outside of their own play. And I think that's how sport should be. And that's kind of what bothers me. And that's why I hope that um, they're able to Come back together, like I, I just hope that they're able to allow these guys to continue to whatever play their live events. But if they want to play four PGA Tour events a year, I think they should be able to do that.
0: No, absolutely, and, and this—I mean, I think the same thing. Like, like with you with Brooks with Honda, like I, with Cam Smith, one you didn't get to come back the next year to the players, and that's my hometown event. Right. That was that, fucking ridiculous. Sucks. Like and yeah, these guys do need to come back together and uh, I don't know, like I get these guys being salty, but I don't understand why they're so, still so salty. Monahan stabbed them in the fucking back. Nobody did anything for them. The other guys made, listen, however you feel about it morally, they made the smart decision, business decision, period, end of story. You can't tell me otherwise. They mm-hmm. took a fucking bag of money for almost nothing and they might be able to just come back and play golf like they normally have. And if not, they still have generational wealth, at least the big guys do and the other ones Way more than they ever were made on the PGA, and the the whole the the, you know bend the knee shit that the PGA tour pulls really fucking irritates me. Like like you have to come kiss the ring to come play the John Deere, the John fucking Deere. This is what you care about. Like, like I don't know. It just I'm with you. It it irritates everybody. Needs to fucking be big boys. Come to the table, sit down, figure it out, fix the sport because you look at the ratings whether it's live or PGA. The ratings will bump this week because Tiger's there, but Tiger's are only going to be around for so much longer. And mm-hmm. they, we are the least serviced fucking fans. And I know we're in an echo chamber. We are the hardcore weirdos about golf. But eventually the casuals will start caring. Who the fuck is this Dunlop? Who, who, who's winning fucking Nick Taylor? Who's that? Like when, you know, like it, it's going to start affecting at some point, um, you know, when the olders. Who fall asleep and nap on on sunday when they start going away you know what i mean yeah (laughs) you know and we become the olds. i'm still going to be angry at 60 when i'm not seeing my golf shots i'm not going to be one of these guys who doesn't (laughs) doesn't
1: care you know what i mean (laughs) but it's not like the players got like that stayed on the pga tour got screwed totally screwed we got got huge benefits double purses fucking benefits the lesser, weaker fields, they're now included in this new equity stake in terms of the league, and they're all benefited from the fact that Live came about. And and, yep. and they're also like the good guys at the end of this, right? There are so many people that are still so like hot iron with the Live players. And it, it, I'm not here to judge anyone. If you hate them for taking the salary money, you hate them. And a lot of people, a ton of people do Like I put out that tweet about Rom, I was kidding, but everyone went after it because they want to attack these guys. And that's the reality of their life. Like they go anywhere and maybe this is a microcosm of social media, but they go anywhere in life and they're judged for that decision pretty harshly by the majority of people. So the guys that stayed are the morally high ground people in the eyes of so many and they're you know, they're judged differently than these guys. They've incrementally benefited with higher purses, with less competition, now with increased equity stake, with being able to pick their own schedule, with elevated event series, with so many different factors. They've come out of this, um, even though they may not have taken hundreds of millions of dollars, they've benefited greatly as well and should, um, you know, be a little bit more open to the fact that let's all come back together and play together. That's just my thoughts.
2: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the equity stake with these guys. I mean, if these guys really want their shares to get value and actually reach the $12 billion valuation, yeah. that I think is kind of crazy that they think can, the PG Tour can get to, but whatever, you know, they're smarter than me. Uh, they they need John Romm back, They need Brooks mm-hmm. Kevin back. They need Bryson back. They, because, you know, Joe, you kind of alluded to it. A lot of these guys left on the PG Tour, like, don't really pull a lot of, like, emotions or energy. And, you know, my co-host kind of calls them milk toast. And, unfortunately, it seems like a lot of guys who took the money to go to live are the ones that actually are polarizing. Like, even like a Patrick Reed. Like, I kind of miss his bullshit, you know, during weekends every now and then. So, <laughs> Dude, but, I mean, yeah. But, like, I, I I think these guys, I think you bring up a great point. They need to just get over it, probably maybe a lot of them got an offer. They weren't happy with it. And, you know, um, now they've changed their tune on it. But yeah, I mean, for the betterment of the game, they all need to come back together. And honestly, like this, you know, I'm not part of social media, so I'm kind of immune to a lot of like backlash. What's, I mean, I don't know if it's nice that I've actually had to watch a lot of live. I feel like at this point, given the players on there, I feel obligated to the viewers, at least, you know, to at least know what they're doing. When I talk about when the majors, but I don't really get the sense these guys are just mailing it in. Like no, I you should have heard, you should have heard John Rahm on the hot mic. You know, yeah. that whole Friday that was pretty entertaining. I was having a good time listening, but he clearly still gives a shit. These guys are caring if they miss putts and stuff like that. So it just they do have to figure it out. It's and Capper, you brought up a great point. The ratings suck for both. It is inferior products with separate. They need to come back together. Yeah. And I just, I really hope these guys just stop bitching and fighting about it and come to some sort of agreement soon.
0: Unfortunately, I don't think, especially some of these, these asshats on the PGA who are sponsored by Goldman Sachs or, you know, JP Morgan. And they think by wearing the hat, they get osmosis on how to know about finance. I've heard these morons like speak, like they know what they're talking about. And it's like the Billy Madison when he stands up there and the guy goes, we're all dumber sitting here and listening to how you just tried to explain this like mm-hmm. the spieth comments were asinine like complete just asinine like i don't know he, he rubbed me the wrong way i typically like speed but it just you know i, I always have a bone to pick with these same swing country club guys milk yeah. coach, you know like mm-hmm. uh, leave, it on third, leave it up, up to the sponsor leave it up yeah
1: it's it's their events it's the sponsor's event, right it's yeah. whoever it is this week. It's Genesis. If Genesis has a problem with Saudi Arabia and the way that they run their government and the, and the atrocities that they've done yeah. socially, don't bring the guys. But a, a lot of these companies, you would be very surprised that sponsor PGA Tour events are heavily in bed over there. Morgan Stanley, oh, who's the premier sponsor of the Players Championship, was the first uh, investment bank to sort of open up funds over there in Saudi Arabia. Yep. Coca Cola, who does the Tour Championship, does all of their bottling and has a major facility right there in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> these companies that are sponsoring these events have been in bed with Saudi Arabia long before these players went. To live. So if they want to invite them and they want to accept the bash slash for giving a sponsor's invite to Rom, DJ, Bryson, and Brooks into their field, then it's not on the players anymore. Then they can issue that. Just like Chase Johnson is in the event this week. I'd much rather have Dustin Johnson, who's won multiple times there, bring him in. Yes, a hundred percent. And you said it right. And so it is
0: so funny. It's like the the people who are like yelling about the side thing. Listen, I get it. Like I understand why they're mad, but. It's like they have no real world view on how things actually work. Like all these companies take money from different spots and things like that. I remember having to go through people's portfolios and being like, they wanted to have a socially conscious portfolio, and I would tell them what they would have to eliminate. Guess what? They didn't want anymore a socially yeah. conscious fucking portfolio. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's it's just how the world works. It sucks. It is what it is, and it's fucking golf. At the end of the day, we don't even make it a political statement on a fucking sport. And I know the sport whitewashing and all that. But at the end of the day, I'm a fucking golf fan. I'm a fucking gambler. And that's what I fucking care about. The way the world is now, I just care about my little bubble protecting that. And that's it. I am, I am fucking Woodrow Wilson. Fucking <laughs> keep, it, keep it in my borders and I will be happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite the historical
2: reference. I'm proud of you there. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> there
0: you go. All right. All right
2: well, why don't we take our second break and then uh, let's finally get to uh,
0: the Genesis pick? Finally. That was a great conversation, Anyway, Hall of Fame it was. you It win was. Big, I'm not saying it was <laughs> <laughs> by betting smarter this NBA season with Hall of Fame bets, the sports betting analytics platform for Pile player props and game lines. You research every NBA and soccer bet with historical stats and data into any Pile idea into the Hall of Fame bets. Revolutionary, optimizing tool to get hit rates broken down by leg as well as an expected probability for the entire Pile Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which ones got value. So stop betting the dock and join over 30,000 users. Researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent, data driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit HOFbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. And all you audio listeners, yeah, I would come over to YouTube, man. Give us a like. You get to watch my uh, gyrations. I get to see Joe's pretty mustache. You're missing it all out if you listen to it on on Apple or Spotify. There you
2: go. All right, let's go top of the board, Joe. So I got a couple guys circled down here that I want to bet. I kind of want to talk it through with, with you guys. But Joe, why don't I kick it off with you? Let's start with just on like 20 to 1 and under. Um, what guys down here maybe pique your interest in betting outright this week, if you have bet them outright?
1: Yeah, so I don't have... I have a couple guys who are around that number. Now I have 22s on Ludwig and Justin Thomas, uh, from Monday. So Ludwig's kind of drifted up to that number. It looks, it looks like JT now is down to 16 to one 16. Um, those are my two guys. I think Justin Thomas is trending. I think he's going to notch a victory before I'll say before they leave Florida, he's going to have a win. He wants a win very badly right now. He wants to capitalize on this form. Um, I had him in 2019 when he blew a four-stroke lead here on Sunday to J.B. Holmes. You had J.B.? Yep. J. No, no I ha- had J.T.
0: No,
2: I was in the hotel room with my pregnant wife at the time, and we were on like our baby moon, and I was sweating J.T., Oh, that was so bad. Yeah, that was really horrible blowing a four-shot lead through fucking smelly armpits, JB Holmes there.
1: And I think he he was was the only guy in the top ten who like like Sunday played really easy that day for some reason at Riviera. And he was the only guy like over multiple four strokes over par and everyone else. Like JB Holmes shot one under and beat him, chased him down. So what happened was in the morning.
2: It was cold. So I think they finished with the third round in the morning. Mm -hmm. And they only had like a couple holes left. And it was cold and the wind kicked up in the afternoon. So it actually played kind of tough in the last round. This is where I came up with JT is just a complete house cat and that I'm never betting him again in really bad weather. And then he shoved it in my face a couple of times, like at the players and um, the PGA championship, all those. Yeah. But that was kind of reverted back to, I think, a little bit of house cat stats. I've noticed some uh, disturbing trends with bad weather, but um, I like the JT pick. That's one guy I have circled there for obvious reasons. I'm sorry, Capper, you want to go ahead?
0: No, I was just going to ask. So, so Joe, with your analysis, you're doing what I do, and you're playing armchair psychologist, right? Like, he really wants to win. Everybody in this field really Mm -hmm. wants to win, right? And I worry about, do you feel like JT like, presses a little bit. Like, I feel like he is the guy who presses and gets himself too
1: tight because he hasn't won since uh, since Oklahoma. Yeah, but, like, who of these guys up here isn't pressing is what I would say. Like, Scotty's pressing. Oh, yeah, oh, Rory Scottie can be pressing. Rory has as much... Sc- scar tissue in big events as anyone in the world right now. xanders it's been forever since Xander's won. Cantlay is pressing right now because he jumps out the first round. It's been forever since he won. Max Homa wants this event more than anyone. He was in tears in this press conference last year because he was saying how much it meant to him because the year that Max Homa won this event there was no fans right so it was COVID, so there was zero fans so he talked last year about when he lost he was literally crying and said i want this more than anything because i had all my family and friends here and i wasn't able to share that with them when i won so he was so hurt by it so like every one of these guys at the top of the board has some sort of like little mini demon. I think that they're dealing with. Honestly, it's one of the reasons I talked to Andy that like, I love Ludwig is Ludwig has no scar tissue. He has no expectation. He's not gone through the run that Scheffler's on right now, where he hits everything to 12 feet and he's losing to Nick Taylor and Charlie Hoffman doing so. Um, That builds pressure. Xander, it's been forever. He's had all these great starts, and his numbers tee to green and strokes gain total are outrageous, and he hasn't really even sniffed a victory. No, he has no Xander.
0: I, I swore Xander can't lay off at the beginning of the year, and I just think both of those guys, they just got no... No dog in them for fucking lack of a better term. You know what I mean? Like they don't have they don't they do not have that killer instinct. Although you know Cantley probably has killed people and put them in their basement. Like <laughs> he he has no actual killer instinct. Uh unless I have money on the person in front of him. And then he will come down and chase him down. Who you chase down? Was it JT he chased down and beat Did we had? Oh, it's it sure would. Killed?
2: No, yeah. so it was. Uh, I had JT at Sherwood. You had Rob. How? Oh, that's right. So we were going. We were going back and forth. You know, saying like, mm-hmm. "All right, whatever well, everyone," and I can't live one. And then we both were miserable on uh, yeah. that October uh, yeah. evening. Yeah,
0: we've had a lot of scar tissue on this show. We've been doing this quite a while. But I love. It. I like that lug. I like that lug. Big thing about him not having scar tissue. I always say that about like young teams and other sports. Right? I'm like they're too young and too dumb to know what situation they're in.
1: <laughs> you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Like, He's like putting great right now he's putted great on poa so uh, he putted really well in the floors in in i'm sorry the other california events and then his win on the dp world tour came on poa um like in november at omega masters i may be getting that name wrong Yeah,
2: i think it was in september it was in switzerland but yeah okay
1: yeah so those were poa greens like it's just like power Distance, total package. Like he, it's it to me, T to green right now, it's Scotty, it's Rory, and then it's Ludwig. And I just it's trust fun, him man. right now to like have a lot more confidence on the greens. This would be the biggest event that he's ever been asked or tried wow. to win by far. Um, but I just think that this guy's for real. And I, I, I like the price. You know, what I think,
0: you know, I think will help him too. Like you said, no scar tissue. He's also young enough. Where he didn't see Peak Tiger. Like he probably knows Tiger like yeah. I know Kyle Strebsky. You know what I mean? Like I never saw him play, but I hold him in high regard. But if I shook his hand, I wouldn't like freak out. I'd freak out if I shook David Ortiz's hand. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I wonder if that would help him in this Tiger tournament too. Cause you know JT gets tight around him and like all these other guys will get tight around him because it's Tiger. Right. So I wonder if he's young enough where that doesn't even affect him either. I'm talking okay. myself into fucking Ludwig.
2: All right, well, why to get the case against? why want to get the case against Ludwig? And I mentioned this okay. earlier in our, in our text chain, I can't recall anybody showing up to this golf course for the first time I'm winning, and I do listen, I have a lot of respect for Ludwig's game. I agree with everything Joe said. I do think the primary defense of this golf course are the greens, and it's not just the grass type. it's just you know the undulations, the slopes, the architecture of it, and I think sure. it does take a couple times through this place to do it. I know we can reference Hovlin who immediately had success. I think Ron immediately had success mm-hmm. with Rory. I think he had like a T20 finish when he first started. I don't think Speeth got a great finish his first time. More yeah. cow was like 26. So for me, I that was enough to eliminate him. But listen, everything about his game can definitely fit here. I don't have any qualms about. So that's why I'm still ranking JT ahead of him. Because listen, the iron play is great. This is perfect JT weather, soft, no wind. But you know, it's I did see a t- she and I was anticipating him being with Tiger and he's gonna be a tiger. You know, that's gonna be a circus. For yeah. some but you know what who else this weather's for too? This is Kalamura Calimari- Callow weather. Oh, there's fans? Okay,
0: yeah,
2: there's, fans there's fans, the there's the fans there's fans of Japan too, buddy. There's a lot of fans of Japan. It doesn't count. Oh, it doesn't count. doesn't count because you didn't watch. All right, I think no. Keegan's win didn't count either. But listen, uh, I've I've seen th- right. I've seen this movie play out over and over and over. That soft golf course, no wind, where this tournament, this weather reminds me a lot of the 2022 tournament that was won by Neiman where it was pretty receptive, not a lot of wind, scoring was really good there, and Colin almost stole that 71 Neiman ticket that I had that week, and mm. you know, I I just it really gives me pause not to go back to him because I understand the iron play hasn't been all that great to start, but he had a week off. You know, I, I just, I've seen this movie with Colin over and over at this type of golf course in this weather conditions where he just ends up winning ends up making a lot of putts. He's putt really well here. So I'm torn between him and JT and I'm also terrified that People seem to be writing off Hovland. I've seen a lot of people fading him, but things change very quickly in golf. And what if he just went back to Florida and all it took was a little swing adjustment and he's figured it out and he's back to what he was last summer. And if he's back to what he was last summer, he's going to win this thing by three. So that's also terrifying. I don't know if I really want to fully commit to the outright price with that, but I think people are very quickly dismissing a very small sample size without even knowing what happened down in Florida. And we've seen this ha- burn the gaming community, for example, more ahead of the Open, where he was horrible in Scotland. He claimed that, you know, his irons didn't interact well with the turf. He went to yeah, the tit-
0: who, who broke that fucking story? I still hate whoever that reporter is. I I know, he went
2: to, he went to the, the Titleist truck or whatever, or the TaylorMade truck, and then he was fine. And you know, fixing it. So... I don't know. I think that's the, I think people are playing a dangerous game saying how they're just out on one of I mean, the best I get that, three players in the world.
0: He's, he's such a short number that it's like, is it I worth, know. is the juice worth the squeeze? You know what I mean? Like when you have a guy like JT, even like he got steamed down. I still think probably, would you guys still bet him at 16? You know, you guys got him at you know, 27 to 20. I, I still have
2: an opportunity to bet either JT or Colin at 20. So I'm debating between those two.
0: So, I mean, I know you don't have to be a bomber to win here, but. Isn't Morikawa at at a disadvantage just because longer guys do better here because the rough is whatever? So so here's the thing. Morikawa actually
2: gains distance on the field because he hits so many fairways here. You actually go back and look at the stats. He's actually one of the leaders in driving distance at this tournament.
0: Hmm. Okay.
2: So, Hmm. And and with the strokes gain off the team metric, I talked about this in the previous show, distance does is the primary generator towards how you do that metric. Usually it's inverse. Usually it's mostly fairways because it has a very low fairway hit metric. But Colin drives it so well here that, and once you hit the ball in the rough here, the cuckoo, it stops. Yeah. Keeping yeah. the fairway, though, you're going to get a lot of distance there. So that's actually helped him at this Got place. And he's driving the ball awesome. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm torn. I mean, he's really the only shorter hitter I would actually consider. Uh, betting at this place, but uh, given his track record, given the fact that he finished runner up in the year I'm actually referencing, as similar weather conditions and golf course conditions, it's tough. I'm still going back and forth on it. I, do you, you guys? I mean, besides Capper, thinking that he's just a, a COVID golfer, Joe, do you have any pushback on anything I've said about Morikawa so far?
1: Okay, so a little bit. Um, I will. I guess going back to Ludwig, I do have a little pushback there as well because. Um, two guys that I would say are very good comps, in my opinion, to Ludwig. Um, there actually was a debutante who won in his first time here, and it was Adam Scott. Mm-hmm. I think that he has shows a lot of similarities with Ludwig. And the other guys, Cam Young, finished solo second here in his very first appearance at this event. And like he fits that mold. And, and, and sort of Victor's done it as well of guys who are just elite ball strikers, tee to green. My only thing about Colin is... You're right. The the driving accuracy, I think, is going to give him inflated distance numbers this week because of the reality of the Ku- Kuya being basically Velcro when you hit it. Um, yeah. But I worry about his putting. Is from 5 to 15 feet. He is 62nd in the field in those last 36 rounds out of 70 total guys. Aberg's mm-hmm. um, in the top 7 of there, which is why I kind of lean that route. And he's not... Like, Collins great in terms of driving accuracy. Ludwig's not that far behind him. Like you're talking, I'm looking at the last 36 rounds and he's hitting 66% of fairways versus 64% of fairways. But he is well longer off the tee. Um, yeah. So his carry distance is in the top five in the field. And if the carry is one of the things I'm kind of looking at here, because you'd be surprised at the, the difference between driving distance and carry distance, a lot of places, especially a place with the rough like this, these players who have sort of deployed this bomb and gouge, approach like victor hovland like cam young like even joaquin neiman did around this place are guys that carry it a long way off the tee sam burns had a great year he's in the top three in carry distance um guys who can carry it in the air here can kind of get it down there in the Kakuya rough versus those players who have a little lower ball flight intent to run it up um I Look, Morikawa is so good. He can win anywhere. Would it surprise me here? The other thing is like I looked I, – I dismantled Scotty last week because I'm like he, you can't just have pick-and-choose courses where you putt really well, and I was kind of wrong on that, I, I no. believe. like I thought he did putt pretty well in Phoenix, and, and he didn't repeat gaining seven strokes, but overall it was better. Like – Colin's been really good putting here. He's been really good around the green here, two areas which he really struggles. So maybe that is a bit predictive and he has something sort of figured out specifically at Riviera.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you bring up good points as far as the driving stuff. And I mean, look, yes, he has putt really well here, but I also remember in 2021 where I think he lost like eight strokes putting in the third round. And then I immediately wrote him off. And then the next week he had a putting adjustment and he won concession. After I told yeah, yeah. the to, guy not to bet him at 40 to 1. Not That's one right. of my best moments. Uh,
1: in my yes. Changed his grip, everything. <laughs> yep.
2: Yeah, Why do we bet this <laughs> so, All right. So Cap, all right. So, Cap, so, so, I'm, hoping, so I'm, I'm torn I'm I'm between Morikawa and JT. I'll I'll put up my final betting card tomorrow. Capper, who do you who are you on in this range?
0: So I'm not on anybody yet, because I was going between uh JT and Ludwig. I think Joe is now convinced to be on Ludwig. Plus, he's more fun to root for than JT because I don't really <laughs> like JT. So, <laughs> okay.
2: All right. Uh, let's see. Let's move past like 30 to lo- let's go from like 30 to like 60. Wait, we got good
0: guys in the 20s. I mean, all
2: right, fine. I have them. I, when I did my sheet, they still had 30 numbers. All right, fine. We'll go 20 to 60. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. From like just, speed. Like, high
0: high high guy. guy. All right. All right, go go ahead. Who'd who'd you bet? What about Burns? I mean, are we not going to go back to Burns? Good course history here. Long off the box can get super hot with the putter. I know he does well on Bermuda, but he's done well here. And listen, nobody was more frustrated the whole seven through fucking ten than I was on Sunday. Uh, But I mean, dude, I mean, twenty to one or twenty two—that's a fucking solid price for here. Like he's got he's got just as much win equity as everybody shorter on the odds boards. Um. yeah I just I don't know why he hasn't moved I guess I'm glad people haven't bet him I bet him and I just I'm going back to the well on Burns I'm not even a Burns guy you guys know that I'm not a Burns guy but what I saw this weekend and talk about a guy who wants a win he's another one who's got fire in him like I make fun of Burns for being milk toast too but that dude is a killer like I, I, he is a killer when he smells it he gets it Um. so yeah I, I like Burns a lot at least at the price I like it a lot plus of course history is fine And he's everything I want in a golfer here.
2: Okay. Um, I mean, I'd consider Burns. I think because I I think this golf course is going to be a little more gettable uh, than most years. That I think some of his. But he's won birdie fest. This isn't still. It still isn't really a birdie fest. It's more about like being able to hit the green regulation at a slightly higher rate than most years. Yeah. And he is a little weaker in that category. I know he's been hitting his irons a little better lately, but still between one hundred and fifty and two hundred. Gonna be a little dicey, and that's the primary range here. Uh and his course history, the one you're referencing where uh was 2021 where he blew that lead. Yeah. Other than that, though, he's been not
0: all he that caught, a couple times.
2: He's not all that great. Hmm. So in that 2021 year, that was like an up and down fest, grinding for pars, where you know, based on some of his metrics here, that kind of suits him. I know. Uh, I mean, like I, if I'm trying to measure Burns versus JT and like guys like Morakowist, and he just didn't quite like, make the cut for me. Okay. Okay. Uh let's see. Anybody anything else in this range
0: before we move what about on? Windham. Wyndham's still not pressing. Yeah, I right took away. Wyndham. Yeah.
2: Okay. I bet I bet Wyndham at 45, but he's all the way down here. I also bet Windham as well. So Joe, yeah. why
0: don't you uh, So I got him at 40. Would you, okay. Would you guys still bet him at 35? Right? He's 35 across the board now. So I mean would you guys still bet him at 35? I think I still would.
1: I I, I got him upsetting. at 40 as well. I would I would really can I mean 35 yes I think I would I think he came out and I think for probably the third consecutive week he's the most underpriced guy on the board I think for some reason really? the sports books and the odds makers are are slow to react on this guy but at 45 to 1 where they released the odds I mean do they really think that Xander is 3 times more likely to win this event than Wyndham Clark right now um, yeah. he's playing great. I mean, obviously the course record at Pebble, would he have won that event on Sunday? And like, it's hard to back up a 60 at Pebble beach. Probably yeah. not. There's <laughs> a lot of guys chasing, but the reality yeah. is, is he won. And I know that he had a bad round four last week. Um, But what well, I'm getting like my days confused, but whatever yeah. day they played like two rounds, he was awesome and got himself right back into the tournament. Yep. He was fighting down wedges. He was hitting some with a ton of spin. He was like st- eyeing every single iron shot down like he was he was that's loving. what really stuck,
0: that's what stuck out to me with him yes this past weekend was the iron play and what he was doing he was doing whatever he fucking wanted with the
1: ball every he wanted yeah was he was in total crazy. control yeah. and you know he he obviously has has won a couple events out in california including the u.s open which was also a george thomas Andy golf course Roy. at yeah. lacc so like it's it's just a price thing for me as soon as i saw like a four in front of his name, I'm 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 in.
2: Yeah, I mean he checks a lot of the boxes for me. He has past success here. He's long off the box. He's really good between one fifty and two hundred. He's been in his iron's pretty good. Great around the green. That is by far the most predictive metric. Or any player who has success here. And also it sees a significant boost in your overall total strokes gain or how you separate yourself because you know over the average PGA tour golf course. Cause you know, even if I think the green regulation rates can be a little higher, it's still gonna be sub 60% this week. So it is gonna be a big up and down gain and obviously great putting up POA. Uh look, the only warning is that. Uh, I actually declared last week because the round you referenced, I think it was round one where I caught a book napping on his total yes. birdies he was going to have in Scottsdale in round one. He was sitting at two, and he still had both par fives. He had the back nine going, and I'm like, all right, it, it, the line was three and a half. I'm like, he's going to get to like five or six. So I hammered the over there, and he was sitting at three after nine holes, and then he just completely shit the bed on the back nine there. So I went on a little tirade about how much I hate Wyndham Clark. He stole a lot yeah. of my money last year with a bunch of outrights that I had guys going second. And he stole that. He stole the Ludwig thing a couple weeks ago. So I'm yeah. his nemesis. The fact I'm on him this week uh, might concern you because it seems like I never have success with Wyndham, but it just, it, it's kind of hard to ignore. And maybe this is a way to make amends to him to uh, bet him this
0: week. To, uh, I mean, Tommy maybe he'll, he'll maybe heal some wounds uh, that I have with him. Fleetwood opened at a lower price. Tommy Fleetwood has never won on U.S. soil, and he opened at a lower odds than a major winner and won within the last three weeks. Like, yeah, Joe's right. The sports books sometimes, I don't know what they're doing.
2: Okay. All right, Joe. What are, how about a couple other guys you maybe bet? in this range around uh
1: his price. yeah so I think they're I'm I'm not the price I got on him and the one guy I got earlier today so the Wyndham is my only one in that 20 to 60 range um I got one who's kind of in a lot of books down at 60 and I got him at 70 a little bit ago over at Bed online um Ludwig light like cheap discount Kmart Walmart rollback the price special Nikolai Hojgaard Come on, um,
2: oh, man! I was ten, he, I was
1: tempted to. He's the longest guy in terms of carry distance off the tee in the entire field. He's hitting it like three twelve on average. Um, he's really good at putting from like five to fifteen feet and. He's got two seconds and a first in his last six worldwide starts. The guy won the DP World Tour Championship in November with a final round 64. Listen to these guys on the top of this leaderboard. This field strength, because it was live and PGA Tour combined, was outrageous. Rory, Minwoo, Fitzpatrick, Hatton, Fleetwood, Rom, Hovland. All these guys played in that event and Hojgaard stocked them all down with the Sunday 64 and one solo second at Torrey Pines, which I think is probably the closest comp course that I would make in terms of early in the yeah. season that we're going to have to Riviera. Uh, I mentioned the driving distance and, and a really good putter um, big time event. I feel much more confident the fact that he played really well in those back to back events on the DP World Tour and the farmers and like uh, he just does everything. A lot of things that Ludwig does really well, but at a much larger, you know, three, three and a half X the price point. So um, that's my favorite guy sort of in that 60 to 100 range.
2: Yeah, I mean, that was actually the argument I was having. Like, okay, I see all this stuff with Ludwig and I can make the same argument with Nikolai Horker. I'm comparing two guys that are basically making the debut here. What although you might have led me into a different direction that where I came to conclusion with him. What led me away from Hoygaard is he is historically pretty bad around the green. You look at his overall skill set chart, really Correct. deficient. And that's like the biggest like predictive metric there. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. And I'm, maybe I'm making the argument for him right now. If I think this is going to be very benign conditions, a very tamer Riviera, a lot like 2022, you know, slightly higher green regulation rates. Maybe he's try, not trying to get up and down. What also I see, too, is he's been better the last couple of tournaments around the green better than he's been historically been. And I remember when I made the case for Neiman in 2022, because he wasn't very good around the green either, but he was starting to get a little better. Oh, man. Do I have to add Nikolai Hoigard to the card now?
0: I think you do, because I, I, when, when you poo-pooed him, I was just about to come back and you just said, hey, we're going to hit more green into regulation, which means around the green is going to be negated a little bit. Yeah. And listen, you, exactly. you're you the asshole who talked me on a Nikolai when I, he missed the top 20. I went fucking heavy on in and out, right? A couple weeks ago. So. He and like Morikawa,
1: you talked about him like he's terrible around the greens, but it's been really good here. Hovland, yeah. like this is last year he made big improvements. But when he debuted here and played really well those first couple of years, he was like the worst around the green guy in the field but like somehow still finished like fourth year as a debutant. So um, I don't think he's nearly going to be career-wise that caliber player of those guys we've sort of lumped him into, but it's a long shot bet. It's been a long shot season, and who knows if it can, like we keep that thing rolling. I th- I do like his, his setup, though, for this type of course.
2: Okay. I can get him at 70, I bet, online? Yes. All right. I'll join you. Why not? Okay. okay. All right. Uh, Capper, when we go to when we shift over to, you? what are a couple of other guys you maybe bet in this
0: range? So I, I, I mean, I really haven't bet anybody else in this range. I I did my monk, and I I stayed away from fucking Keegan, even though this is a long iron course and he's straight and long off the box and fifty five to one for a guy who plays as well as he does. It's kind of insulting um, <laughs> with Jason Day being probably shorter than him. I stayed away from him. Cole's too short. I hate Henley. Yama, I have no fucking clue how he finished as high as he did last week because every time I saw him on TV, he was hitting off a cat path. Uh, he so I, the lights like,
1: out last week, but he's 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 been kind he's been of flushing his tires too. He's been good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so, I I mean I, I just I just went with Clark, and then I was kind of waiting to hear what you guys wanted to say. So Boyguard, I can still get a sixty-five on a local, so I might join you on that. I didn't bet Keegan, as he's not even my shadow. Bet, which means people should probably bet him. Uh, because that's that that's ultimate pain for me when he wins and I don't bet him. So like the travelers. Um yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like I don't like I don't like Decky here with with whatever he he's lost, he's lost ball speed and, and coming off the box. And yeah. I don't know. I'm never a Denny guy. Corey Connors is like what, call him or a cow or light, right? It hits a bunch of fairways. I've never trust his putting. Oh, okay. So here's somebody I bet. So I bet, I bet Goober at ninety-five to one. Yeah, I explain who Goober is. Everybody you can't just. Oh, sorry, it. Harris English. So I bet Harris English at ninety-five to one. He's got. He he, he played well here last year when he was just recovering yeah. off his fucking injury. Um, he's a guy who can get hot and go, and he's trending in the right direction. He's been playing a little bit. He top fifteen last time he was out. Um. I don't know. He's. I just. He's like He's just an older veteran type guy who I can. I would not be shocked to see him in the chase on Sunday. I just wouldn't. Like I just feel like this is a. Harris this is definitely a course that he could dominate and ninety five to one. Like yeah, I I like that a lot from the Goober.
2: Okay. All right. A couple other guys I bet in this range. Well, I mean, one guy is no longer in this range. But last week I was on Ben on and I was horrified with how badly he got steamed up and I knew it was screwed. And I was also I've been on Adam Scott the last two weeks, so I kind of felt obliged to bet him one more time. And I'm kind of horrified with how much he's been steamed up here. But a mom at 45 to 1. Like, what is he sitting now? Like 30, like sub 30 on some books. I probably would not bet that at that point. But look, I mean, the argument for Adam Scott, he's been great here. His hitting his iron's really good lately. I mean, if you want to bet him at 28 to 1, fine. Um, I saw Matt Fitzpatrick dip to 50 to 1 briefly today. And I kind of decided to bite the bullet there. i I tracked him pretty closely last week. I did a bet on him. Well, actually, I bet him uh on underdog in the round and round one for under green regulation. And he was just killing it. He was striping the ball and then the bad weather kind of hit. He kind of got like get away from him. He still finished respectable. I think he's kind of close to putting together some really decent rounds with his irons. I was impressed by at least what I saw out of him. And he's been, you know, okay here, obviously really good around the green, good putter. If you can get the irons, you know, play a little better. I thought 50 to one was a fair price. And then again, I feel like I had to go back to Kirk Kitty. I had him last week at 101. I got him 101 again this week. This is kind of just obliged to go back to him based on he's been playing well. Nothing that he did last week really is going to just wave me as 101. Let's go,
1: okay. go back to him. Okay. Can I ask you guys about one bet? Sure. Yeah, come on. Um, top 20. Plus 333. Oh, these are my top twenty bets. This is uh, at Bet MGM. Bet MGM pays out full um, if you tie, so there is no, um, you know, they don't they don't split it. So plus the three thirty three top twenty bet, Eldrick Woods. Any chance do you you think that's a decent bet? Oh man, seventy man field three to
2: Capper, why don't you go first?
0: I don't know if I could pull the trigger on it. I, I don't think I could. Three to one. Listen, if he if he gets it, I'll be happy for him, right? Like whatever. And then hopefully I'll get more eyeballs on golf. But man, I don't know. I know he looks good like on, on his practice swings and everything that social media puts out, but it's still fucking four days on a golf course walking around. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on on plus three thirty three.
2: Yeah. I actually saw the complete
0: opposite today on his swing. He was a mess apparently for well, so I didn't see anything today, but I'm just leading up to it like he looked good. Like I don't know, man, like Plus three thirty three. That's a good number, but you know the books. They, they, the books are just trying to get money in on that shit. I know. I
1: don't feel like they need to lift it that high, though, to get like people would want to bet him. They've been, a two, to
0: like, they've a been a two, two to one.
1: They've been two to one. Like he's he's there with yeah. with Kucher and Ben Griffin and Taylor Moore. Like he, they <laughs> they've really like have <laughs> showed him that they have no confidence that he's going to play well this week. All right, I I'm I, mean,
0: I, guess you, I guess, whatever, just what, throw 50 bucks on it to make 150 and you get the root for Tiger. Plus, because you know you're going to see him all fucking weekend. He's never going to be on TV, so at least you got a guy who you have money on you're actually going to watch a shot of.
2: All right, I, I'm on record of being hard out on this new swing of Tiger. Everybody wanted to talk about his off the tee numbers at the Hero World Challenge. It was 20 guys trying to measure the average there, and half of them were just on there for a free vacation, drunk half the time, all right? So everything else was pretty rusty about his game. I don't really love the fact he can't use the ground anymore uh, to generate power. It's all upper body. Maybe that's why he had some of the swing issues I saw today, because he's trying to flip it and time it. And it's hard out on Tiger right now. I'm glad he's back. I'm glad he's playing. I'm glad he's going to you know, give the PGH tour a bump in ratings this week, but no, I yeah. don't really expect much. Uh, I'm a little worried that he's gonna be one of the twelve guys that miss the cut. <laughs> oh, you know, no. oh no. Oh <laughs> no. That'd
1: be embarrassing. <laughs> that would be Bad. very
2: embarrassing for him. Um, let's see. I mean, I am we're long. Shot couple, um I really think there's I I mean for positionals. I mean Patrick Rogers had a horrible pebble beach before that he was okay and he's long, he's decent here. He's okay between 115 and two hundred. I mean, Putzwell and Poa. You know, that could work. The aforementioned Taylor Moore, he did all right last week. He's got some pop. I've seen his, I've seen his name more. bad around. I've seen his
0: name bad around a little bit this week. So I got him That's at okay. five to one for a fucking top twenty versus Tiger. <laughs> I was okay. was very happy with the five to one more top twenty.
2: Okay. That could work. Otherwise though. I mean, I, I haven't had a very good PG tour betting season. I kinda tried to keep it a little tight this week. Uh, with my betting cards. Steve, so. that's
0: not how we get money back. You have to double down every week. That's how this I, works. I,
2: I, am. <laughs> I am. I am. I'm I'm i betting my guys, but I'm trying Martingale. to just, I'm trying to maybe limit my imagination, uh,
0: for a little bit. Guzzling bookies isn't for everybody, I know.
2: Yeah, go. <laughs> All right, uh I got nothing
0: else, uh Joe. Thank you very no, much. No, wait, what long? Joe, I know Joe's got some fucking long shots. Oh, I know where I am, but I want to hear Joe's long shots. I know he's. Got you him. know,
1: I did take you. You kind of uh buried him in your take there, capra But I did take Kurt Kittiyama 110 to one. Let's <laughs> go. Um, oh, listen, yeah. I think he's I'm the only run right. last Should year over 100 to one that won a signature event. Um, oh, yeah, he stole my money. I'm away, and he's playing pretty well right now. I've kind of a lot of these, like, I, I have a lot of top 20s that I like I lot, especially with the shortened field. I feel like we're getting pretty good prices this week. I like Danny McCarthy two and a half to one, like, plus 250 to finish top 20. This dude, like, the course fit you would not think would be great, but he top 10 here last year. He plays like the two toughest events. I think usually um, if you scale out like 10 years and see average score are probably this and Memorial. And he plays both those events really well. He he was in a playoff last year at Memorial. He's played good at US Opens. He played pretty good at LACC. Um, I like my boy, Denny. I'll, I'll ride two and a half to one. Joe, on the top so
0: Joe when you come on here, people, uh, they, they should be familiar with it. But you endorsing Denny is like me endorsing Keegan. It needs hey, to listen, be we all got a our disclaimer favorites, man. At the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> a disclaimer that says, I bet this loser all the time. I love him. And that's it.
1: That's it. That's all there is to <laughs> it. I'll, I'll make the t-shirt. <laughs> all right,
0: yeah, yeah. Devin Price all right. with the all-time comment so far, by the way. Does anyone like Gesundheit? That was. <laughs> is that hoot I named hoot yeah. that fucking forever ago. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I mean, no, he's been I playing him. all right lately, but that's been
0: a lot of wedge fest. He's been doing well he's at. Six. So, yeah. who else got? Long shot? Anybody else, Joe? Uh,
1: nope. I took Hojgaard and Kitiyama right now. Those are my two that are over like seventy to one. All
2: right. All right. Well, Joe, thank you for joining us. Uh, give a couple of plugs. Where can we find you? Uh, tell everybody where they can see all your content.
1: Roto yep, now. tour picks on. On Twitter or X, uh, whichever you prefer to call it. And the preferred lines podcast is my weekly show, um, available now. I had Andy, our, our boy Andy Lack on this week to talk Riviera. Um, that full episode is out now on YouTube. If you just search for preferred lines or it's also available, you know, wherever you get your podcast, if you want the audio version. So I appreciate you guys as always having me on. We'll, we'll get you guys. I would love to have you return sort of the favor soon. And it was awesome to talk to you guys this week. All right.
0: Just happy. Appreciate it. Steve, you got anything else?
2: No, that's it. Uh, that concludes a very busy stretch for the podcast. I'm looking forward to taking a little bit of a break. I know. we got, got no football about. on
0: Thursday, no live, no nothing. we got a week off. Well,
2: well we got basically a week off next week, too, because it's the Mexico Open down in Vedanta. That field is going to be horrible.
0: Tony Finau and call it a fucking day. Go four-
1: yep. four- on. wins in Mexico.
2: Ah, oh, I, bet back the, I bet that one. Thing. Back to the narrative where
0: he only win, wins in
2: honeymoon locales. So <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. So. All right. I got nothing else, Gabber.
0: Uh, yeah, I got out. nothing else either. Listen, go guys, uh, use promo code uh, golf SGPN for underdog. It's uh, golf, the only cool thing to bet right now, other than hockey. Uh, so uh, go do that. Uh, plus, we're trying to beat every other podcast on the network. And uh, I like to win. So uh, let's go crush those guys. Other than that, uh, talk to you on Sunday. That's it. Bye.